It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. colleague Bernard McGurk. His day was yesterday, St. Patrick's Day. Anthony, I must tell you, as I worked the crowd before the start of the parade, two things that made me so proud. So many people in the crowd are predominantly Irish. We're just giving shout-outs to Bernie, actually looking up in the sky, pointing to Bernie. This is his day. This is Bernie's day. And this song is like synonymous with Bernard McGurk came out of the projects, Monroe Projects of the South Bronx. Same projects where Wesley Knipes, Snipes grew up across from the Sotomayor Project, heart of the South Bronx. One tough Irishman. And it was great to see the crowd kept him in their hearts, minds, and souls as they were pointing to the sky. And then, just as I had to come back here to uh, do the 12 to 1 o'clock show, I was staring at the NYU bagpipe core, and in the middle of it was little Anthony Chester Slewa. used to be little. He's now just about my size. He was there, festooned, you know, an Irish uh, galia. I mean, he had the, the red satin jacket of the Guardian Angels, the red beret, but he had kilts on. He was playing the bagpipes. He was speaking Gaelic. That <laughs> kid. He's, he's got more identities than Sybil, that yeah, kid. Yeah, <laughs> Am I his father? <laughs> I mean, I don't have a drop of Irish in me. And his mother, no Polish. Him. Good for him. Uh, now, uh, his uh, his stepfather, David Patterson, I guess you can make the argument that he's black Irish, but yeah. my God, he's talking Gaelic, too. Uh, you got to go to my Facebook page. I know Nancy was going to post that. You can actually see him playing the bagpipes. With the guys and gals who play the bagpipes for NYU on an annual basis in the St. Patrick's Day Parade, he just made me so there proud. There was one picture on the WABC feed on Facebook that had him in the back. And I thought it was him. Yes. Because there was one guy, I figured how many, how many Guardian Angels red jackets can there be in kilts and bagpipes. But good for him. And keeping the beat and keeping the pace. Good and he marched him. the whole way with the NYU uh, bagpipe corps. Uh, and oh, <laughs> you know, there's a great backstory to that. The very guy uh, who uh, got me into Brooklyn Prep, the high school that Peter King always likes to say, you know, I graduated from that school. Uh, you got kicked out, which was true. It was predominantly Irish. But it was uh, the former chancellor of NYU, a friend who was very... Uh, Sexton? Yes, John uh-huh. Sexton. Closer to your politics than he was mine, right, right. who actually got me into Brooklyn uh, prep 
uh, nudged me in, what could you call that, a legacy? Although I didn't have a, a drop of Irish blood in me. And imagine, my son, so many years later, marching with the That's NYU great. bagpipe corps. You know, John went to NYU, John Katsimatidis. His daughter went to NYU. His right. son, John Jr., went to NYU. And now you got Anthony marching with the NYU right. Bagpipe Corps. Whatever the opposite of nepotism is, that's what that is. That's the opposite. you got to go to my Facebook page and see that. And we also have it up on the Instagram, WABC Instagram. You can actually see that. It's made me very proud. But I do know that Bernard McGurk, like you, hardcore New York Met fan. And uh, what was that celebration on the mound the other night? Puerto Rico beats the DR in a meaningless game. And your ace out of the bullpen, your Mariano Rivera, is jumping around. I mean, just like that song, House of Pain. And boy, was he in pain soon. His own brother ended up causing the collapse of his knee as he was pounding his brother so hard in joy. Because obviously Puerto Rico being the DR in the Caribbean is a big thing, but not here in the United States. What was that all about? I mean, it's it's so I, I did a little bit about it last hour. I, I, and the reason we played... In addition, they were jumping up and down as if they had just won. Look, I get it. There's a cultural significance here. You mentioned it. I get it. I get it. I get it. That's all you're going to say. All I, all I can possibly say about this is, well, a few things. One is that knee injury that he got, that's hard to come back from. Very hard. I mean, that because remember, the, your, your, your left knee there, that's, that's bearing all the weight, and that patula, whatever it is, thing, that holds the kneecap on. So I'm frustrated. But – I just there is no other sport that does anything like this. There are lots of sports that have off-season tournaments. There's lots of like hockey, for example. They have their tournament, the World Championships, that are at the end of the season. And if your team is still in the playoffs, you just don't play. There are there's there's something called winter baseball. There is no there. It makes no sense to have it a time that you're supposed to be kind of lumped. If this was here's the equivalence. If he would have been that very same day pitching in a spring training game, he would have. Coming in the fourth inning or something, thrown 20-some-odd pitches, if that, gotten back in the shower, gotten the cab back to the hotel, wouldn't even been around to hop around at the end of the game. That's spring training. That's that's the tempo of spring training. So it's very, very frustrating. I mean, people come up with, well, they can't play in November because football's on. I don't care. No one cares. I mean, if you're a real baseball fan, you'll watch. Put it on Saturday. It's very frustrating. No, excruciating. I no, see the pain. I see the it's pain. It's frustrating. I, uh, for you, for Sid Rosenberg, for the dearly departed Bernard McGurk, you guys are like really hardcore Mets fans. Frank to Mama Luke Morano, you live and die with the Mets, and you've died more than you've lived. Well, I got to tell you, you know what this is? It's Cohen karma. You get this billionaire who dodges the law, who lives kind of on the gray area of the law, and now he's it's kind of like a, he's made like a pact with the devil. If you let me free from from being held accountable for my sins. I will go out and I'll be a messenger for why you should. Yeah, look, look. And Pre- this is this is you know former U.S. Attorney, Southern District Prepahara, a man who rose up the ranks with Chuck Schumer, your mentor, had him on the ropes. He had his number two guy on the witness stand, ready to flip, and his number two guy would not flip and say Stephen Cohen benefited from insider trader information. He escaped, going to Camp Fed. Uh, as a result, he was able to buy the Mets, which uh, for Met fans was a great thing, because unlike the Will Ponzi's, uh, he's willing to spend money that he has, which the Will Ponzi's, right. hey, Bernie Madoff, thank yeah, yeah. you, it's gone. 
Boy, this is real. This is but really... karma catches up, and I don't. I look. I don't, maybe he'll come back. I don't know. It's, it, but it's it's very frustrating. It just shows you, no matter how much of a perfect lineup you put together, and how many zeros you put at the end of your checks, still some guys jump, will jump up well, and think, down. Think of it. Uh, jump, talking about jump up and down. Billy Wagner, who came over from the Phillies, who became your ace out of the bullpen, just like John Franco came over from the Cincinnati Reds and became your ace out of the bullpen. Both used the same walk-on music, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's Sandman, right? This is before Mariano Rivera basically took it over for himself. Right, right. I got to tell you, it's a rare breed that you get a guy who can come in, bases loaded, you know, stare at that batter and just take him out. It's a special type of pitcher. And Diaz, coming out from the Seattle Mariners, remember, he had a little rocky start with the Mets. They thought, like, oh, my God, what happened? Maybe he threw his arm out. Maybe maybe he can't deal with the pressure of New York. He's got to go back to a place like Seattle. And then he came on like gangbusters to be the top uh, closer, top relief pitcher in all the baseball. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is the thing. with closers, there's a lot of psyche involved. It's like being a goalie in hockey. Like, it's a lot of your headspace. And he... You can tell, like you said, two years ago, he didn't quite have it. You know, during the crunch time, you you had no idea who was going to go yard against him at any moment. Last year, he got into the mojo. They were going to give him enough runs this year that every time wasn't going to be a life for this experience. And who knows, you know, a a knee operation for a pitcher like that. Anyway, this this should be the worst thing that happens, but still, it's very frustrating. And it occurred, I believe, on the ice of March. I didn't know that. But I'll tell March you, 15th, yes, the Ides of March. But it also happened in a qualifying game. It wasn't even – they had won nothing. They just had basically won a grudge match against a, a basically a, a – again, a, it had a lot of cultural significance. I don't, I don't begrudge people that. I know sometimes people play for their country. It's very important. But this is a ridiculous tournament anyway. You have people playing for Canada because their mom – grew up there and stuff like that. This tournament is, a, I, I don't see the appeal well, of it. it. The New York Times had a huge article that nobody really wanted to play for the American right. team. And then Mike Trout is from down in Vineland, New Jersey, grew up a Philadelphia Phillies fan. You know, they said he was going to be Mickey Mantle with no championships, no World Series championships. He started calling people. And all of a sudden he signed on because Mike Trout asked right. them to play. Without which, yeah, Mike, you know, you have a tournament like this, let the guys playing college ball or minor league ball or semi-pro right. ball compete for this, like the, the Olympics used to be before they let the professionals in. And then if people can get all jazzed up over that. But this, my God. But this is a little bit like, you know, when the the, Mar- the United States first sent pros to the Olympics to play basketball. If the United States fielded their actual team, it would be ridiculous. I mean, right? It would, wouldn't be. So I think you're right, or maybe you have. Each lineup can have two pros or something like that. I I get it that I I get the idea, and I've had conversations with people this week who are like, "Oh, you don't understand what how significant this is because people on the street corner are trash talking with one another for the for the DR to be beaten by Puerto Rico." Means I get all that, but this is the guy's a professional baseball player getting paid a hundred million dollars to play professional baseball, and he gets injured doing something else. I'd be frustrated if it was any sport and the it's guy's like, out. It's like a, a thoroughbred horse. Uh, running in right. a county fair. Exactly. Good. That's a good call. Against, exactly. you know, a regular stable horse. But anyway, let's get to another story involving our own gnome Layden, who took all the money he had in his 401K, and he had faith in Fairleigh Dickinson University. Now, you understand, it's a private college right across the Hudson River. It lost in the qualifying round to get into March Madness to a team in Massachusetts 
that was level two last year. They beat Fairly Dickinson University, but they said because you were level two and you want to get into level one, you got to wait four years. Fairly Dickinson University, the smallest team, uh, the smallest team competing against the biggest team. You got the senator, some guy who's like nine foot two, right? He's like lurch. All they got to do is pass him the ball, and then he just stuffs it. And they beat Purdue, the number one seed. Now, what happened? Was there a Jersey team? Jersey was there a Jersey team last year that Saint also Peter's. made a run? St. Peter's, exactly. St. Peter's, and then everybody fled. All the best players right. fled. The coach fled to Seton Hall. You, you see what that got them? Ugats. But anyway, the point is, Noam Layden chased the leprechaun yesterday with his shillelagh, and he he put so much money on this game. His faith was in Fairleigh Dickinson University. He's Mr. Big Shot now. He's giving out hundred dollar bills to everybody yeah. here at WABC. He bet, you know, on FanDuel, on Fairleigh Dickinson University. That's, that's amazing. Nobody would have thought that they went. The last time I was at Fairleigh Dickinson University, it was uh, Feds versus um, he- uh, the Heads. I had substituted. I was debating Dr. Timothy Leary, the LSD guru. <laughs> there were like 4,000 people there, 3,998 in support of Dr. Timothy Leary. Man, they were giving me the razz. And it was great. It was a great crowd, but nobody associates them with basketball. There's something in the air going that's on. That's what makes it. That's a, like that's why this is one of those tournaments that people have a lot of fun with. I mean, it is. Jordan also called Fairly Dickens, but his thing was he picked every underdog. So, boy, what an underdog! <laughs> I mean, they were of the size of Jordan. Yeah, I mean, they were literally the shortest of the short. And then finally, Aaron Rodgers, who wants to wear green. Is being invited by Bo Deedle to Rayos to seal the deal. And I would tell Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know if he's Irish, you know, out there from Berserkly, do not go to Rayos because they're just going to want to fix games with you, man. Do not go there. They're going to take pictures of you uh, in the compromising positions. I think you're buying into Italian stereotypes, and I, 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 I'm against that. That's the Genovese family club up there. Rayos on Pleasant Avenue. They need to change again. Fat Tony Solano. They brag about that. The pictures are on the wall. It's like the Hall of Shame. And Bodito, front page, New York Post today. Hey, Aaron, come on. Come on. Manja, manja bone at Rayo. Let's break bread. By the way, it took Sid Rosenberg there the other day. The hell was that? I'm telling you, beware the Ives of March, right? Look, March 15th. Look at what happened. Your guy, Diaz, number one relief pitcher, down for the count. Aaron Rodgers now getting everything he desires from the New York Jets and Mr. Johnson and Johnson, who has endless money. Uh, in fact, he's got a want list. He's going out first to get all the players that he wants to to fill up the New York Jets so that he can eventually sign on for gazillions of dollars. And Fairleigh Dickinson University out of nowhere. It's almost like the leprechauns abandoned Notre Dame and were on the sidelines, along with Noam Layden, who is the size of a leprechaun, cheering them on against Purdue. Yeah. I mean, Julius Caesar had a bad day that day. So did Purdue. So did the Mets. Yeah. It's uh, beware the Ides of March. Exactly. But up next, you got to explain this because you're the laptop guy. I don't even have a laptop. I am. I got my own laptop. I, I'm, I'm all about Hunter Biden's laptop. Any laptop question you might have, I, I got your answer. So so many months after, Hunter Biden is now suing Rudy and others over the laptop and the guy, John Paul, Mc, what is that, McIsaac? Yes. The Scotsman. 
You got, don't, he, we don't know what he is. He, you got to explain this to me. It's sort of like, and then our own John Catch Matita says he has it on very good authority, much better than you and I would ever have yeah. together, that Hunter Biden is in the White House because he thinks he's going to be served by a process server any day. And they can't do it in the huh. White House. Interesting. Man, we you, come on. That's, you got to break this down for me. You're the experts you on laptops. It. You got it. Oh, man, I can't believe that. No Laden rolling in dough. He's missed the big stuff. Hey, can you float me alone? Uh, I'm a little short on my child support payments, uh, No Laden. Look at him there. He's going to charge me a vig. How many more games? How many more do they win? He's going to charge me a vig. What a fair weather friend. I'm the one who walked in to the office of the program director and said, Don't fire No Laden, but Sid did. And he listened to Sid and not me. And now you're not going to throw me some badly needed scattle, some moolah schmoolah? It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC. The left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. In the song. Yeah, but it's worth it. Here it comes. Look at this, man. He couldn't even get this it is, up to the, this the key is, thing. This is uh, hard. Ryan, Ryan, what, what, what is I didn't it? give him much notice. I didn't give him much notice. No, it's okay. The Eagles were, were playing this song before he was even birthed. He has no idea. He thinks it's the two Eagles in California yeah. that they have that video cam on. Anyway, Hunter Biden can't hide those lion eyes. That's what we're getting at. Perfect, perfect. Let's see if we get it here. You think, you think <laughs> Ryan? Huh? Huh? <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. See, that's what you come in with, right? You go right to. Yeah, I didn't give it. I didn't give him much notice. No, no, don't, notice. don't make excuses and, and for these hipsters and millennials. He didn't have lion eyes. He had bloodshot eyes. He had cocaine eyes. Oh, God. He was a mess. Now, please explain this, because you're Mr. Laptop. You've been through the laptop mill, but his laptop, which we learned all about from the New York Post, courtesy of Rudy Giuliani. It's like we've learned everything that you could possibly learn. Uh, Divine actually has a hard drive. And she's been slowly releasing details. And now we see that lawyers on behalf of Hunter Biden are filing a lawsuit against the guy whose repair shop that was left at, John Paul MacIsaac, 
uh, our colleague here at WABC, Rudy Giuliani, and a whole bunch of others. And I'm saying, why now? I mean, it's been out there. It's been public. You, you didn't run to court for any relief initially. In fact, you didn't deny it was yours, but you didn't say it was yours. And then eventually everybody came to the conclusion, even uh, those who didn't like Rudy Giuliani, that it was the real deal. Well, what is this all well, about? Well, it's an excellent question, Curtis, and you've come to the right place because Hunter Biden's laptop has become a little bit of an obsession of mine. You know, I start from the position that some people have been paying too much attention to it on the right, and some people are not paying enough attention to it on the left. Here's my assessment, is that for the longest time, Hunter Biden made this calculation. He says, listen, I'm going to ignore this stuff. I had a pretty good job ignoring it early on. I'm going to ignore it. And I'm going to ignore it, one, for tactical reasons. One, what am I going to say? He wrote a book that talked about his drug, his addiction, talked about a lot of the, the really the worst stuff that came out in the laptop. We already kind of knew from his own mouth. But he was also going to keep quiet about it because there's a U.S. attorney in Delaware, appointed by Donald Trump, still there. When Joe Biden came into office, he said, I'm going to let this U.S. attorney who's a Trump appointee keep investigating whatever he's investigating because it's my son. I don't want to make it seem like I'm replacing him for political reasons. And that U.S. attorney has had it and had it and had it and had it and is doing apparently nothing. I don't know what they're doing. It's taking a long time. Now, there is some indication Hunter Biden paid a whole bunch of back taxes about six months ago. So maybe he's looking at tax stuff. Hunter Biden lied on a, what appears to be a lie on a gun application to say he didn't ever had any problems with drugs or alcohol when he got a gun. So maybe that's the thing that they're investigating. But now that the Republicans have taken over the House, Joe uh, Hunter Biden has convened this whole group of people that are saying the best defense is an offense. Let's punch back at these people. Let's raise questions about how this thing came out. Uh, let's raise questions about why. Rudy Giuliani didn't release it to everyone. He just released it to the New York Post. Let's raise questions about the motivations of this guy who had this. This, By the way, he's legally blind, this guy who, who had it. Let's attack. And I believe it's all about tactics. It doesn't really change anything, any of the facts on the ground. And here's what the facts are. There's all kinds of things on that laptop that show that Hunter Biden traded on his family name, got rich doing it, got rich doing it from sources you probably shouldn't be doing business with in China and other places, and there's no doubt. He got rich on on his family connections the same way Ivanka got rich on family connections. Donald Trump Jr. got rich on family connections. Donald himself got rich. The same way Bush kids got rich on family connections. Listen, nepotism is a thing in politics. But the one thing that is still, and even Amanda Devine has backed away from this, uh, Miranda Devine, there's not a shred, well, I shouldn't say that, there's one little tiny read of evidence that Joe Biden wasn't all involved in this, and it's this one guy who says that there's one reference in one email to a Mr. Big that refers to Joe Biden. That's the only thing. No wire transfers, no no tapes, no nothing. But I think what you're seeing now is Hunter Biden saying, we're going to fight back. We're not going to sit here and be a pinata anymore. Well, you know what? Uh... When I first heard Mr. Big, I thought it was Sex in the City, right? <laughs> Wasn't that guy his name, right. Mr. Big? That's right. Uh, but it's clear now to me. I listened to your first hour as you dealt with the uh, problem uh, involving Donald Trump and his impending indictment in which he's going to go into court uh, with his attorney, Joe Tacopina, and submit himself for indictment and arrest and then obviously release. Uh, and it's sort of like... Uh, 
I don't want this anymore. I don't want to redo the election 2020. I want Biden gone. I want Trump gone. We are just going back. We are not moving forward with all the problems that we face nationally, locally, regionally, internationally. All we keep doing is spinning our but wheels. What is, but what is Trump? I think Trump gets rewarded by the Republican base when he seems like he's being persecuted oh, by the legal system. He's Joan of Arc here. Right. So even today, Vice President Pence, who's running against Trump, says this is outrageous what they're doing to Trump. McCarthy, it's outrageous what well, they're doing to look, Trump. Look, Curtis Lee, right? I was the first never Trump or the first rhino. Uh, I used to get uh, just attacked in 2015 for that. This is even before I announced I was running for mayor as a Republican. Uh, and I said, well, it's crazy. Bragg initially said... There's nothing here. Remember the guy, right? Well, the thing, here's the crazy thing. There's nothing, he says he's going to get arrested on Tuesday. He's not going to get arrested on Tuesday. But whenever this indictment comes out, I don't think it's going to be based on any information they didn't have for the last two years, maybe more. They've had this information. It's a 2016 crime, and it doesn't have a lot of moving parts. Did Stormy Daniels get paid? They have evidence or they don't. Do they believe Michael Cohen about why it got paid in that tape that's come out about it? And do they believe that they filed it incorrectly for reasons to evading the law? It's I don't understand why it's taking them so long to either poop or get off the pot here legally. But if what I agree with you, I think if you if you put every Democrat on a lie detector and every Republican on a lie detector, they say the same thing, which is enough of Trump, enough of Biden. But that's what we're going to get. We're going to get Biden and Trump. Well, you predicted that Donald Trump will become the nominee of the Republican Party when DeSantis Look like the golden child. Uh, Florida in the most recent primary is neck and neck. This will make uh, Donald Trump a martyr. If, in fact, because he's looking forward to walking into that that courthouse, being arraigned, being charged, walking out. uh, In fact, I wouldn't even doubt he wouldn't mind being handcuffed. I don't know, man. Look, if I were him, that's what I would want Ah. because this just fires up all the Republicans. Even It it, it might be, but he is going to get... He's going to be still let in. However, they sanitize it for him because he's the president. He's going to get, he's going to get fingerprinted. He's going to go yeah. through this, and he is going. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think he relishes this. No. I think he's. And by the way, if you look at the TikTok of why it is that he tweeted out today, it looks like someone who's freaked out. Like no, wait a second. Why did you use the term TikTok? Yeah, sorry, you can't use to that. Say that. You can't use that anymore. Yeah, no, I have a huge TikTok following, over a hundred thousand. They want to eliminate TikTok, but. John Katsimatidis, who we know is the most connected person around. He, Democrats respect him. Republicans respect him. Everybody respects John. Has come on these airwaves at the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion that he hosts. And he has said, I've heard from very, very influential people, that Hunter Biden is now staying in the White House in one of the rooms to avoid service uh, of papers uh, as part of Obviously, possibly the U.S. attorney from Delaware finally serving him. And I don't doubt, John, because every time I've heard him before, every time I've heard him come up with a source, I mean, 99% of the time it's spot on. But, I guy, mean, yeah, but this, there's an element that doesn't make any sense. First of all, he's, got, he's represented. He's represented. And if the U.S. attorney was trying to serve he would go to he would go to his lawyers who's been negotiating well, trying to he'd go to his lawyers and say here's the service and the moment they say no the guy stands in front of a camera no, said you know, see Hunter Biden no but you know sometimes you want to go to the person themselves because that's how you get the most play as you said he was appointed by Donald Trump 
And this could be the but quid pro quo. But what is the sir? Well, he doesn't have to be served with anyway. He's either going to be indicted or he's not. Well, there's not a there's this, not a service this, thing. This, it's a process here, as you know, Anthony Weiner. Uh, we know. I'm sorry. Uh, as you know, there's a process here where it's called a tit for a tat. And I wouldn't doubt at all that this is all coming to the surface. And that's why I say I really don't want to go through all of this on both sides. This is doing nothing for our country. This is doing nothing for us internationally. It's time that we move on. Trump, go play golf in Mar-a-Lago. Biden, find a nice senior citizen home somewhere in Delaware on the shore. And there are lots of good candidates on both sides. Right. And give them an opportunity I because think, this I, is a drag I on our country. I think the country needs – the country could use a few weeks off of Hunter and Trump. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Please, However, I, I don't want does, to see another picture of Stormy Daniels, Michael Cohen, Hunter Biden, all these key people. I, it just makes me – I feel soiled. Like I want to take bit. a hot shower. A little bit. And it doesn't show up. Hunter Biden's laptop doesn't show up anywhere in the top 20 issues that when they poll people what they care about. Um, but I think this is what this is what we're, we're, we're going to have. And, and, I mean, listen, and if you're going to do it, just do it already. Just go charge him. Charge these guys, get these trials out of the way. Uh, but you're right; it's going to be a show. And then, but what's? And he says, and by the way, and and Trump says in his tweet today, "Go protest." What are those signs going to say? You know, don't prosecute him. Don't you know? I believe Stormy. I don't know. No, the, hang Alvin Bragg, and there'll be a lot of people in New York City who may not support Trump who would go along with that. Yeah, hang him with an Alvin Bragg swag bag that the shoplifters use in the Dwayne Reeds all throughout New the York way, City. By the way, if you're if you don't like Alvin Bragg. This is his ticket to re-election in liberal Manhattan. Oh, there's no doubt. Look, he would get re-elected anyway. That's probably right. No, well, probably you right. live here. I live here. This is the bluest of all boroughs. Yep. There's yep. not a speck of red anywhere in Manhattan, even if we had recall, right? Supposedly, if we had recall on Alvin Bragg, he would get re-elected overwhelmingly. People yep. don't realize. This is a winning issue for him. So when people say there's no politics involved, I think there is politics. In, it's in all politics things. for everybody here. And I, I feel soiled. Do we have a shower stall here? Oh. Maybe we can get the hose from the yes. maintenance guy. Curtis, Curtis who was pure off. as the driven snow when he walked in, but now he feels soiled. Well, I don't have a laptop, right? So <laughs> A guy who, who quite literally volunteered to be the rat czar. That, yes. that, that guy. No, how's that going without me as the rat czar, right? You got, how, you got people in how, uh, apartment buildings want to go on strike, not because of the not because of no heat or hot water, because they're infested with rats. Sure. Yeah. I never heard of that before. Right here on your place to be up next. We gotta talk about Albany. You know all the key players there on the Democratic side. Many of them are my enemies, so maybe you can give us some insight. Kathy Hochul versus the supermajority, and she doesn't seem to be making any headway at all. Right here on WABC, where you're hearing left versus right in this most important of days, where once again it's Trump leading in the news and Hunter Biden, son of Joe Biden, right behind. It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner.
You know, Anthony Weiner, yesterday as I was coming back to the studios to do my 12 noon to 1 o'clock show, I had just left uh, all the crowds that had been assembled for St. Patrick's uh, Day Parade. Again, tonight I'm going to do a tribute to Bernie McGurthy. Incredible response from uh, the Irish along both barricades pointing to the sky saying, yeah, Bernie's watching us. More than I could have ever possibly imagined. But it was Kathy Hochul surrounded by all the press and paparazzi saying, you know, it's the first Irish governor. I'm the first Irish governor, first female governor in 40 years. I'm saying, yeah, that's right. Half in the bag you carry. Who would have been tottering and teetering uh, along Fifth Avenue, you know, from being half in the bag before 12 noon. But I don't see strength. I, I see here it's almost as if... Uh, she has been affected by political kryptonite. I see the state Senate with the supermajority flexing. I see Carl Hastings flexing. They're not giving an inch, at least publicly. What do you think is going on? Because it's just making her look weaker, weaker, and weaker. Yeah, she has an identity crisis, don't you think? I mean, if you ask most New Yorkers what their view of her, do they view, like, what? what is her thing? Like, what is her issue? What is her... I mean, I think some of it is that she is be she cut her teeth as being. Why was she chosen by by Andrew Cuomo? Because she's kind of milk toast, right? Andrew Cuomo wouldn't want someone who was dynamic, who has had a lot of personality. She was chosen basically for the things that she's now demonstrating in spades, and she's a little bit of a nothing burger. And she has to pick her lane. She has to either stand up and fight against the the left leanings of the legislature and say, all right, I'm a more moderate person and here's what I believe and I want to fight you over these things. The one fight that she picked was this one over judge that most New Yorkers didn't believe or understand. Or she's going to say, I'm one of them. I'm one of you. I am this left and and I'm going to, and kind of what Andrew did when he was trying to avoid a primary, say, all right, I'm going to be the gay marriage person. I'm going to be, I'm going to you know, run to, to the left. She seems to be doing neither. And I don't have a really good sense about why that is. Gotta, I got to tell you, maybe the most embarrassing situation that I've ever saw a governor put herself in. She goes to Rochester, which has more crime than any other city uh, per capita per person uh, in New York State, from Buffalo to Brooklyn. And this uh, legislator, African-American, is side by side with her saying, yeah, we, we, we've got to reform this no cash bail. We've, we've got to give judges more discretion. And she says, yeah, you see, I wish there were more folks like this gentleman. Within four hours, he had completely done a pirouette. As Eric Adams would say, he did a uh, pivot and shift, I call it flip-flop. And he goes, no, 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 I didn't mean any of that. It's sort of like, oh, my God. She has no ability to put together Democrats, and the only one she has now, it appears, are the Republicans, which is an anathema to the Democrats. Right, and they they are only there f- until there's something at stake. I I agree. I look, I have said the same thing about Eric Adams, and I'll say it now. But they need a common sense sounding, concrete proposal on how to deal with crime, and something along the lines of more police officers. Here's the specific change I want in the cash bail thing. Here's what I want more people, uh, more officers at Rikers, more uh, mental health, whatever it is. Something that's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column, but very specific that she then fights. And even if she loses it, at least then you and I will be sitting and saying, I agree with Hochul or don't. Right now, 
it's hard to figure out exactly where she's standing because she doesn't seem to have a position. And she might be right. She might know that the politics in Albany now are so skewed left that she can't get it. I always was of the belief when I was a politician that there's no downside to fighting a fight that you really believe that people are behind you on. Even if you lose, you stand up and say, listen, I'm fighting the good fight here, and people reward you for doing that, and it's hard to figure out where she is on this stuff. I will tell you this, uh, the nicest guy in Albany, you know him, Tom DiNapoli, the state controller, could probably be state controller for life if he chooses because there's no term limits. And he's the canary in the coal mine. He has warned all of us in New York State and New York City that, okay, we're going to get through this year. But next year, the money is gone. There's no more stimulus left. The flight of capital, of equity, of taxpayers continues. We have a progressive wing in the Democratic Party that wants to gin up expenditures while defunding the police, defunding uh, prisons. And if she doesn't take a valiant stand like a Joan of Arc and say, hey, you know, I'm representing all the people here in the state, not just the liberal and progressive, but all the people, I just don't hear that coming from her. Yeah, and then there's the political problem of how do you think she viewed 2022? Do you think she viewed what happened in her election is – this was outside my control and the Republicans did a good job of A, B or C, or does she view it, which is what I view it, is that on the issues that were important to New Yorkers, no one knew what she was about. The problem is a lot of her progressive friends say, we saved your butt. We've saved you by turning out and, and, yes. and, and so they believe they're owed now. I think you can make a pretty good argument. No, because we were doing too much left-leaning stuff, there was a moderate center in the, in the state that kind of moderately rebelled. Didn't throw, you know, didn't throw the, all the bums out, but, you know, up and down the ticket we suffered. And I think that that's, that that might be, she has to decide though, one way or the other. If she's going to say, okay, I'm beholden to this left wing of my party, then go all in. Then go all in. Then let's hear you say it. Let's I, hear I you say it. I uh, think when all is said and done, the only reason why Lee Zeldin was not inaugurated as governor was his hardcore position on abortion. You look at the analytics, and you talk to women, and, I mean, he was against it every which way. It didn't matter. Hardcore, as if he were in Alabama. I mean, as if he were running for the governorship of Alabama, uh, the U.S. Senate in Alabama. This is not Alabama. There are a lot of moderate Democrats, Republicans, a lot of growing number of independents. And I heard women on the campaign trail, because I was there with Zelda, yeah, on crime, yeah, you know. On, on cutting taxes, all those things. But then the women would say, but why so extreme on abortion? I mean, the most extreme yeah. position. I mean, a, a way to look at this is there's two things you've got to do in an election, you, in his case. You have to persuade people to fire the incumbent, which I think he did a good job yes, of. Yes. And then you've got to say, and then visualize me being your governor for four years. And I think that's where... The combination of the Trump stuff, the abortion stuff. I don't think he was a particularly attractive campaigner in terms of making people feel comfortable. He was a very he was a pretty hard right guy. I think you're right. I think that this and, and that argues for why we're in the position we are. Those same people who were persuaded that Kathy Hochul should be fired are still out there as the residents of the state of New York. Yeah, remember. And she is doing not very much to persuade them that they were wrong about. He that. won the Republican primary for governor by 20 percentage points against the candidate I supported, Andrew Giuliani, who conceded against Rob Astorino and against Harry Wilson, who came in with millions. But he said, if I'm the governor, 
my health director, my medical director, is going to be pro-life right. on every level. And right there you said, oh, I, I was cringing. I was saying, oh, my God. Right. Even moderate, moderate uh, Republican women were cringing. And I don't yeah. think being a guy, he quite grasped it. I think he does now. I notice in in his style and his mechanism and what he is saying, I think he understands. No, I think that. it is that in order to get elected, to get nominated in any state in the union as a Republican nowadays, you have to take out those. They have to take those positions. I think he would have won anyway. You know, just looking at the analytics, uh, having been out on the campaign trail, it wasn't that big of an issue that defined the difference with like Zeldin, right, Wilson. Astorino. I mean, it could be, I mean, another way to look at it, he might believe it. This might be who he is and that sometimes, I mean, I like to think that issues of choice are not ones that you figure out how to carve the edges out. You you believe one way or the other. This must be what he believed. But putting that aside, the the blood on the floor as it relates to Hochul still exists and she doesn't act like it. She kind of acts like she can get to do this for another three and a half years and get elected again. I mean, I don't think so. If I were to give her advice, I'd say, listen, take take some stands. Lose if you're going to lose. Take some stands and tell us who you are. Right now, I'm, you know, I'm a political professional. You're a political professional. I have no idea what she believes on stuff. She seems to be so malleable and so whatever. Um, she certainly hasn't. If you had to characterize what her politics were, you'd have a tough time doing it. Now, tomorrow, the whole world will be focused on Greenwich Village. Because the Attorney General, Tish James, is sponsoring Drag Queen Weeding Hour, not for an hour, but for like six, seven, eight hours. There will be a number of uh, left-wing progressive Democrats who will be in attendance. There will be parents who are bringing their children. There will be drag queens reading, performing for the children, and there will be demonstrators outside. Now, this is the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender center that's been there for years in Greenwich Village. And this becomes the big issue, and I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, with all the problems that we are plagued with, the whole world is going to be watching both sides as they scream, yell, shout at one another, give the finger to one another, and say the most horrible things about one another. And I'm saying to myself, really? Really? In the United States now, in New York City, this is the big issue? When we come back, it's closer to your neighborhood than it is me. I'm on the Upper West Side. You're on the cusp of Greenwich yep. Village. Uh, I need to get some insight from you. Uh, I'll give you my insight. Oh, my God, that, that's going to be the big issue. Not even the pending arraignment of Trump or Hunter Biden being served with papers at the White House, as John believes he has inside information on. It's going to be on whose side are you on? Drag Queen Hour. And I wonder if George Santos is going to make a cameo appearance because he was a drag queen for three years trying to become Miss Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro. Oh, I just bit my tongue. I can't. Oh, George Santos, please leave. You're like a stain on the soul of the Republican Party. It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right. In the right corner, it's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa. In the left corner, it's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest.
So with everything going on in the world, Lindsey Graham advocating every day we go to war against a different country, <laughs> depending on who's in the news that day. The war will be a cultural war fought tomorrow in the streets of Greenwich Village outside of the gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender community center that's been there for years. Uh, Tish James, state attorney general, is sponsoring drag queen reading hour that'll go on for like most of the afternoon. So it'll be a series of readings, a series of drag queens, and a series of electeds uh, very much to the left, the progressive left, people you know, Anthony. It's, in, it's closer to you, your neighborhood, than it is to me. Uh, and yet we know demonstrators will be on the outside. People will be screaming invectives. Cameras will get what they want. You know, just people ready to rip each other's throats out. What is this all about? What, I, I, I just don't understand. This is the big well, issue. Well, you guys started it. I mean, Republicans always like these culture war things more than Democrats do because we have such fidelity to the process that we're here making laws. But the fact is... These culture things, voters don't seem to care much about them. They get kind of roll their eyes at both sides. Sometimes they believe, all right, let's ban that book or let's stop that person from reading that book or the other things. By the way, you know, I talked a little about DeSantis in the last hour when I was doing the middle. This guy's, you know, every sentence is about some other culture war thing. He doesn't realize he's running for president of the United States and most people care about kind of the bigger issues. But politicians love this stuff, particularly in a city like this. This is catnip. You're going to see not not only the progressive ones, every Democratic politician is going to show up. Well, I, look, I'm thinking to myself, I, I, I date you probably by, what, 20 years or no, so? I think it's 10. I was 10 born in 64. What were okay. you? 54. Yeah. I grew up with Milton Berle on TV. That was the number one TV show in America. It's like one of the first on TV. Most people didn't even have TVs at that time, right. so they would come over to the person's house and they had to watch Uncle Milty once a week, who was always dressed in drag. He was in the annual Thanksgiving Day Parade on a float, dressed in drag. Later on, if you want an ebony and ivory comparison, Flip Wilson, Geraldine Jones, she would do interviews yeah. in drag and say, the devil made me buy this dress. I thought The Devil Wears Prada, the movie, was based on Flip Wilson. We have had all kinds of male lead actors, including Stallone, Wesley Snipes. We can go right on down the list who have dressed as women. Well, I got all right. Let, let's let me tell you what my experience was growing up. I was at the leading edge of Sesame Street. Uh, you know, we had that was the first time they had like a, a kids think TV. We saw was nineteen sixties, early seventies. What do you think the Muppets are for little kids? It's just brightly colored. Things, reading stories, you know, the idea that you're going to sexually sexualize anything. No, it's just fancy, fancy colors and dress and flamboyant whatever is what kids are saying. This doesn't have any real practical anything. It's what, for some reason, Santa, DeSantis believes. I almost said Santos, who's closer to the truth, actually. DeSantis and some Republicans believe, okay, let's scare people into this thing. And then on the left, we're it's catnip for us, too, because our guys like talking about how inclusive and everything we are. But at the core of it, you're right. This has been going on in our culture forever. Well, let me ask you this. When you were first watching Sesame Street and you saw Big Bird, did you realize that's the guy you could have beat for mayor to save this city from eight years? <laughs> of Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from yes. Park Slope, who Bo Dieter, remember, labeled as Big Bird Big when he Bird. ran against that's him? That's exactly right. But wait a minute. You know, was Big Bird – I'll tell you another thing. Was Big Bird a man or a woman under there? I, I think know. he. I think it was someone that actually got into a Me Too thing. Non-binary, you think? <laughs> like that. Something. And didn't one of the – 
Elmo's or someone come out as being gay yeah. or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, kids don't care about this stuff. They just see bright colors, reading books, learning to count. They don't care. Their their parents their their parents roll their eyes at these protests. I mean, there's not a single person who's going to vote based on. And you're right. A, Both radical sides love this. Love it. This is like the Crusades. You know, let's let's. Where's the next? Who's more pure? That's drag queen reading hour. I'm telling you, George Santos has got to make a cameo appearance. He spent three years of his life trying to become Miss Rio de Janeiro drag queen. He failed in that effort and then came and became a Republican. Yep. He's now the congressman of the third congressional district, and he won't leave. He has just <laughs> signed up for another two-year hit. We still don't know who he is. <laughs> and I blame Peter King for this and the Nassau County GOP. A drag queen, Peter King! If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.